Let's pray. Oh, again, Lord, we are inviting your Holy Spirit to uh, do, your, do your powerful work. Uh, Lord, we don't want to have this shell around us that sort of keeps everything away. But, Lord, we want to crack it open and say, come on in. Move to, among us. Speak to our minds and hearts. Um, Lord, change us, transform us according to your image. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we said earlier today, we're launching this new series called 50 Days of Unleashing Hope. Uh, by the way, I, we have a few copies left of Ray Johnston's book, which is kind of our, the book we're also using for this, and people tell me they're loving reading it. Um, and uh, so if you don't have one yet, Please go out to the book table there at the, uh, in the entryway after the worship service, and you can pick one up. Uh, we would, you know, if you can make a donation, that's great. $10 would cover the cost, but if you can't, don't worry about it. We really want you to have one uh, and, and hope that you'll read it. Uh, we also have these daily devotional booklets that we printed up in-house, and so those are absolutely free. Just pick one up, and we've given away a ton of those, too. Uh, now, our theme verse for this series is Romans 15, 13, and you can see it up there on the screen. Uh, and I'm sorry I don't have it printed for you, uh, but I, I was supposed to, we were supposed to have an outline for you in today's bulletin, but we don't have it. So I'm going to try to get it emailed to you uh, this week for those of you who are on our email list. But how many of you think that you could probably memorize that this week? I mean, come on, raise your hand. How many of you think you probably could? I mean, it wouldn't be that hard, right? Okay, go, go for it. I mean, it would probably be pretty easy. You just read it a couple of times a day. For the, by the end of the week, you pretty much know it, right? Uh, but let's, uh, let's say it together, shall we? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that, isn't that a powerful thing? To think about overflowing with hope. Woo! I mean, don't you want to be that kind of person? You know, without God, though, there is no hope, right? Without God, there's no hope for life after death. Without God, there is no hope for this world. Without God, there is no hope, only despair. As many uh, existentialist uh, philosophers have noted, without God, there is only despair. And if God is our hope, then, then I'm also admitting that I am not my own hope, right? I am not strong enough. I am not good enough. I am not uh, smart enough to be my own hope. And, and the government's not my hope. My career's not my hope. The paycheck's not my hope. All that gone, God, you are my hope. And when God becomes your hope, joy rises and discouragement drops. When God becomes your hope, peace increases and worry decreases. And the promise of, of Romans 15, 13 is that you will be overflowing with hope. That's what God wants to do in your life. Now, um, so I encourage you to, to feast on this verse all week, all right? 
just kind of make it your theme verse for, for now until next Sunday. Just kind of sit with it, sink in it, meditate on it, pray through it. Uh, say it, you know, maybe recite it out loud at home and, and, and say it together with your family member at mealtime or at, at bedtime. Um, say it when you're feeling hopeful. Say it when you're feeling down and discouraged. You know, you can even turn a, a verse like this into a really powerful prayer. Uh, here's one way you could do that. It says, uh, God of hope, fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in you today so that I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What would happen if you started praying that every day? That could change your life, couldn't it? Let's say it together. God of hope, fill me with all joy and peace as I trust in you today that I may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not always going to be like that. We get discouraged, right? I get discouraged sometimes. We're, and we're not going to be our best selves if we get stuck there, stuck in discouragement. And that's why during this uh, series we're going to learn seven factors, seven things that God uses to elevate our hope. Now, what is hope? We looked at this last Sunday. I'll come back to it to kind of review. And uh, for those of you who weren't here, you can catch up. Hope is the confidence that God is working for good. Hope is the expectation of that good to come. Hope. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, though. Just so you know that. Jesus said, you're, you're, you're going to have trouble. I would say you're probably going to have trouble this week, right? Would that be probably very likely? Um, you're going to deal with disappointments. You're going to deal with difficult people. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But he says, take heart. Take heart, why? He says, because I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, take heart, be encouraged, have hope, because I am stronger than your troubles. Have hope. Be encouraged. Last Sunday, I shared a little bit about my a vision that God seems to be kind of impressing upon me. Uh, God is laying on my heart that Faith Westwood uh, that becomes the best place in Millard for families to find hope. And, uh, you know, but I, what's that going to look like? I mean, I, I'm still I, I'm, I'm kind of searching myself. Uh, metaphor here someday I want to own an all electric car I mean I don't really have a bucket list but if I did that would be that would be one on it you know I want to own an all electric car and right now the Teslas are way too expensive so you know something's going to have to happen but um, anyway already I see charging stations in Omaha have you seen any of them yeah, there are charging stations for electric cars. You plug them in. Um, I see Faith Westwood becoming a charging station for families to find hope. That they plug in and they find encouragement to take on the week ahead and all the, all the troubles of life. And I don't know the details, like I said, I don't know the details of what that's going to look like, um, 
and, and I don't know that anybody else does either. We're, we're still kind of searching the Lord, so I'm going to ask you to pray about that. Will you? You know, pray, pray, how, Lord, how are you calling us to bring hope to families in this area? Uh, you know, I think most churches, or excuse me, most people expect churches to be a lot more about hype than hope. And we've probably earned that reputation sometimes. But how can we bring hope? So pray on that, pray about that all during this series, will you? How can we, how is God calling us to be a charging station for hope? To bring hope to families. And uh, if you're in a group, then I'm going to ask you to, to make this a matter of prayer in your group, especially in the next a uh, week or two, just start doing that and, and, and praying about that, P pouring your soul out, out about that. Uh, you know, maybe you'll even say, okay, group, we've never really done this before, but what about, what if we get on our knees and pray about this one? Not that you can't pray any other way, but what if we just got on our knees and prayed about this? Or maybe you could use the old Jewish posture of prayer where you stand and you, you kind of lift your hands and Point them forward as you pray. Oh, God, how are you calling us to bring hope to families? I think the first place we need to start is that we need to become people of hope ourselves. And, and if you're going to become a person of hope, then it is vital to recharge your batteries. And that is the first of the seven things we're going to be talking about in this series. Recharge your batteries. I was uh, looking the other day and I found a, a survey that was done uh, a couple years ago by the LG company uh, that 90% of Americans suffer from low battery anxiety. You know what that is? Low battery anxiety? It is the dread of a dead phone. 90% of us deal with this anxiety. I was in a couple of airports this last week and at every gate, what do you see? People charging, charging their phones. Uh, at the conference Trish and I attended, right outside the lobby, there was a, a room with a door and a sign on it says charging station. And so you go in there and there's some tables and there are places for people to kind of charge up to this octopus thing, you know, and stuff, cords coming all out of it. And I went in there just because on those tables they had cups of M&M's, so I would get a few of those and do that. But uh, anyway, you could go in and plug in and get relief from low battery anxiety. And yet we find our souls, we let our souls get drained to dangerously low levels. Why is that? Maybe it's because we don't have a little notification that pops up and says that we're down to 20%. We're down to 10%. But you know, God tells us over and over in his word that, that we need time to rest and, and renew and recharge. Our, our bodies and brains need this thing called sleep, right? I mean, that's, that's how we were created. You're not going to last long without sleep. God also made us so that we don't operate best if we work day after day after day after day after day with no break. You know the way I look at it, really there are only six days in a week. 
right? There, there were really only six, but God was good. God thought we needed an extra day to, to rest and renew and recharge. So if you've ever asked, if you ever wished you had an extra day in the week, let me tell you, you've got it. We call it Sabbath time, right? And if you follow God's plan and take time to rest, renew, and recharge, you're going to become a more hopeful person. But before we go on, on on how to recharge, I want us to back up a little bit and, and think about what drains our batteries. Because we all deal with that, right? This afternoon, I will go home and take a nap. I mean, I'm going to need it, right? We have stuff that drains our batteries. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I asked people on Facebook to, to let me know what depletes them and what recharges them. And I want to share with you a few of the responses that I received from people from people about what depletes them. Conflict, being too busy, somebody else's bad attitude, my self-doubt, seeing all the bad in the world and not knowing what to do about it, being a 24-7 caregiver for a relative, not having enough money to pay my bills, people who suck me dry, fear of not doing enough when someone takes advantage of me, when my life gets out of balance. So I'm wondering what drains you. Now, inside your bulletin, there's a whole page in the center for taking notes. You could write it down anywhere, but I'm going to ask you to, to answer this question. What, what's draining you? Okay? What's draining you? Um, maybe it's, it's worry. Maybe it's hanging on to guilt that you need to let go of because God's already forgiven you. Maybe it's spending a lot of time with somebody who's very critical of you. Maybe it's keeping an open door of, to temptation in your life. Whatever it is, write it down, would you? Grab a pen. Yeah, grab a pen. But whatever is draining you. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to try something we don't normally do here. It's a little bit risky. But I'm going to take a minute, give you a minute to share with somebody what's draining you. What's your main drain? And, and maybe you came with family or friends. You could just kind of turn to one another and share. Or maybe you could kind of introduce yourself to a stranger, someone sitting near you if you want. Share with them what's draining you. But I want you to know that you don't have to, okay? If you feel like, okay, this is a little weird, I'm not going to do that, that's, that's totally okay. Somebody may share with you what, they, what their main drain is, but you can just say, you know, I don't really feel up to that today, and that'll be totally okay. Um, so I'm going to give you about a minute starting now. So just, yeah, turn and share. All right. You know, that's really encouraging for me to hear so many of you engaged in that. Just kind of just saying, okay, this is, this is life, you know. Uh, we all have things that, that drain us. I have here uh, Scott and, and Gina Schneider. And uh, uh, Scott, uh, you, be, you started coming to this church about five? About five years ago. Five years ago. And Gina, not too long after that. About three years now. Yeah. And uh, they've really gotten connected well into our church. And so th um, thanks for being willing to share with us a little bit today. Um, but I, we'd like to hear your story about, you know, there are th 
What are the things that kind of deplete you, that are draining to you? Well, for me, it's starting a business and working that in the mornings, and then my grandchildren that are at the house right now. And um, So you're trying to operate your business and have your grandchildren at the same time. That sounds draining. Yeah. And then we belong to a motorcycle association, and I'm their public relations. So dealing with all of that, and more vets helping vets. Mm-hmm. So coordinating all of that in one day is draining. Yeah. What about you, Scott? I work apartment maintenance, so I also do the ground side of that too. So anything outside and on top of the, the maintenance itself. And then it seems like there's kind of a lot of things since I can fix about anything. Get a lot of friends wanting things fixed or needing help with things. Um, like Gina said, with the, the Vets Association, the Vets Helping Vets, too, that also that we go and help the other vets, too, with different appliances or moving furniture and things like that yeah. as well, too. So it's kind of the, the constant chaos of every day. It never stops. So it's really not so much any one thing that's draining for you as much as it is the accumulation of all of those things and then not really having enough time in your life to recharge, right? So what kind of things recharge you? And I, I know that you're kind of different about that. So uh, Gina, what, what, what are things recharging to you? Well, I put my headset on and I turn my music up as loud as I can take it and <laughs> I'll mow the grass, work in the garden, um, socialize with my friends and family, Yeah. Um, whether it just be on Facebook or on the phone. Yeah, okay. And Scott, you're, you're probably not one to, to socialize, right, to uh, recharge? No, I get peopled out. And yeah. So <laughs> I just uh, try to isolate, basically, and get away from everything as, as much as I can. Even what do you do? Uh, I like to go hunting and fishing and things like that, kind of get out, um, ride the motorcycle. I really like that, get out and just kind of get on the open road, feel the wind, and hear the motor running, too. Um, there's one thing I forgot to mention at first service. On Thursday nights, there's a group of people here, too, that are just amazing to work with that are right over here. Yeah, too. you work with the band. And just here, and like Gene had mentioned, music, and that's another big one for me, too, just yeah. to, to spend time with them and hear the music and everything really helps a lot, too. Okay. And I can, I can just imagine you, when I learned about your motorcycle, just, Scott, there. <laughs> just sort of said, okay, this is my, this is my time. I'm in recovery mode right now exactly. from, from being peopled out, and uh, I'm just going just gonna to be here. And then, and then all of a sudden, you, and by the time you come back, you're doing better, right? Yes. Yeah, very good. Well, thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you. You know, once you recognize what drains you, then... You have, you have some choices to make. You can, you can choose what to avoid or what to minimize or where you're going to need help, right? Because sometimes we just, we're just not going to be able to do it on our own. We're going to need help. Uh, now I want us to look at how to recharge our batteries. And uh, I want to look at five things to, to recharge um, and that will elevate us to become a more hopeful person. There's a page in your, in your bulletin for taking those notes. I hope you'll write these down. First, plug into the power of personal growth. When I ask people on Facebook what recharges them, you know what the answer was that I heard most about? Was being in nature. 
Being in God's creation, the wonder of creation was recharging to them. And, you know, I think Jesus would have said, that's really cool. That's really good. You, uh, Luke 5.16 says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now, when you talk about going to lonely places and prayed, I don't think he was talking about going down to the synagogue or the temple. I think he was talking about being outdoors. Because, you know, all the rest of his life, you know, Jesus, every, everywhere he went, people were pressing in upon him, crowding. Everybody had a relative. They wanted him to heal, right? So, but Jesus took time away to recharge. And so I just picture him, you know, there sitting on a hillside and kind of just, you know, praying and watching the, the light start to feel the, fill the morning sky. Maybe looking out onto the, onto the sea, which is real calm and glassy in the morning. Hearing the birds chatter in the trees and bushes. You know, the Bible says that the earth is filled with the glory of God. The earth is filled with the glory of God. Some of you might like to ride a motorcycle like Scott does. Or maybe you like to get out and garden like Gina does. Uh, let me tell you, that would not be me. <laughs> uh, for me, the, the power of personal growth could be a number of things, but one of them is, is music. I try to spend a little time, at least a little time most days, doing something with music. And uh, I don't know, after, after I get done doing that, I'm going, oh yeah, I'm better. I'm doing a little better now. Last week, Trisha and I attended a conference in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, most of the people at the conference were United Methodists. Uh, and I went last year to this same conference, and it was so good. I, was so, I came back so recharged. I thought, I've got to go again in 2016. So we both went this time. And now I'm thinking about, okay, I wonder who I can get to go with me next year and how many of us will go. So if you want to look up uh, the, the New Room Conference put out by Seedbed, uh, or just let me know you might be interested. It's, it's very cool. Uh, but if you want to see your hope rise, then plug into the power of personal growth. Another one, plug into the power of worshiping God. If we're going to keep our batteries recharged, we need to plug in to that power of worship. Uh, I hear from some of you once in a while about how thankful you are that we have the, the messages on our website and our app. And, and, of course, now we also have, you can subscribe to the audio podcast, so they're all different ways. But I also hear from so many of you that it's not the same as being here. Because listening to a message online isn't the same as gathering to worship God together. When we gather here together, every song we sing is about worshiping God. Every prayer we pray, every scripture we read, every note of music is about giving glory to God and being in God's presence. And the power of worship is magnified when we come together and, and the Holy Spirit's presence is among us sometimes Palpable. Centuries before Jesus, uh, Isaiah spoke 
and address the, the people, the Jews exiled in Babylon. In, in Isaiah 40, verse 31, the, the last verse that Larry read for us, um, it's a powerful promise. It says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. When I first learned this verse, like a lot of you, um, it, was, it didn't say those who hope in the Lord. It said those who wait upon the Lord, right? And you can translate it either way because that, the, the Hebrew word there kind of means both. And last week, we, kinda, we talked about the connection between hope and waiting. And, and the hope that it's talking about is an eager waiting, an expectant waiting, a worshipful waiting. Plug into the power of worshiping God. Next, plug into the power of reflecting on Scripture. Uh, according to the Reveal survey, which is hundreds of thousands, I think, of Christians have taken this, uh, the biggest single factor that moves people forward in their faith to be moving on toward maturity, spiritual maturity, is regularly reflecting on Scripture. I mean, not just reading the Bible, but then pausing to think about it, to reflect it, to think about how it connects into my life. You know, Psalm 119 is the, that really long psalm in the Bible, and it talks about the power of God's Word. Verse 28 says, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Without God's word, I remain weary, but God's word is a strength to me. Here's an example. A couple weeks ago, I was, I was reading the Bible early in the morning, and, and uh, one verse just really jumped out at me. Uh, so I just sort of stayed there for a while. And it was so encouraging. It, it gave me strength that whole day and even in the next few days I, I wrote the verse down I, I kept it with me I looked at it several times here it is Paul writes to the Christ followers in Corinth he says always give uh, yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain I go wow what a word of hope because you know that well, say the last line with me. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's like God was telling me, hey, Steve, don't, don't hold back. Just, just jump in. Jump in with both feet. Pour, pour yourself into it because I'm not going to let your labor be in vain. I'm going to be working in it. God's, I'm gonna be, God's saying I'm going to be working in people's lives. Pour yourself into it. Now, notice that it, what it also does not say, it does not say give yourselves fully to working for the Lord. That's what most pastors, that's what we do really well, is give ourselves fully to working for the Lord. It says give yourself fully to working to, to the work of the Lord. Pour yourself 100% into what you see God doing where God is at work. And you know, you can do that. You can, you can be right, reading the Bible and, and reflecting on it, and God will speak to you through that. Plug into the power 
of, of reflecting on Scripture. And then plug into the power of deep friendships. Last week, I got to witness the, an interview of seven Christian men who have been living out their commitment to one another for the last 26 years. They don't, they don't live in the same city, but they, they live a few hours apart. And, um, but they get together twice a year for three days each time. And during those three days, they worship together, they play together, they encourage one another. Sometimes they correct one another, they challenge one another, they pray for each other. Uh, they call themselves the Jenga group because 26 years ago, the first time they got together, one of the things that they did just to play and have fun was they played Jenga. <laughs> so ever since then, they've been the Jenga group. Uh, and one guy shared personally, I really appreciated his story. He talked about the year that uh, he was going through a really hard time personally, professionally, and he just felt like, oh, I, I just can't get away for this retreat. I don't think I can go. And he called up one of the, the other guys and said, hey, I don't think I'm going to make it. And Gus says, well, you know, you know our covenant. Well, yeah, I, don't know, I know the covenant. We all said we were going to let anything stand in the way. We were going to be there. But he went on and just said, you know, I just, I can't. I'm not going to make it. A few hours later, his doorbell rang. It was the other six guys showed up. As he couldn't come to the retreat, the retreat was going to come to him. And he said, you know, if they hadn't done that, I don't think I would be in the group today. There is a power that comes from those kinds of deep friendships that elevates our hope, gives us the courage to go on. It'll keep the bottom from falling out when things are going bad in life, when you have troubles You know, the early church, that's what they did. They, they had these deep, powerful friendships. You see notes of it all through the New Testament. Uh, Paul writes to his friend Philemon. He says, hey, Phil. Well, he didn't say it quite like that. Phil, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. We need friends like that, don't we? Finally, plug into the power of listening to Jesus. I know a lot of you are reading the Hope Quotient, which is great, and, and, and uh, do you remember there was a story shared in there. Uh, Ray Johnston shares about an experienced spelunker who took his buddy Danny exploring in a cave. Do you remember that one? I love this story. The farther in they went, the smaller the cave became. And so that after a while, they had to walk bent over. And then they had to walk on their, you know, go on their hands and knees. And then it got scary. There was a crevice they tried to pass through where the only way to do it was to lie on their backs and, uh, and push a little bit with their feet keeping their arms close to their sides. And then the passageway got narrower to the point that they couldn't move and breathe at the same time. Every time they took a breath, they got stuck. 
Now, those of you who have any bit of claustrophobic, you're panicking right now, right? Just imagining this. The only way they could move forward was to exhale and then try to move a little bit. And Danny started to freak out. His friend said, Danny, if you keep listening to those voices in your head, you'll flip out and get stuck in this cave. I won't leave you. Trust me. You can make it. You just have to keep listening to my voice. And Danny listened. And he made it through that crevice, and they came into an expansive, dazzling cavern. But Danny had to decide whether he was going to listen to his fears or his friend. The Bible says that Jesus is the good shepherd. He calls his sheep by name. John 10:4 says, His sheep follow him because they know his voice. They, they know his voice. They listen. He leads them. And maybe some of you are here today realizing, you know, I don't think I know that voice. I mean, I know a little bit about Jesus, but I don't know him like some other people do. And maybe you realize, okay, I, I, I come here to church, but I don't know that I really belong to him. Maybe you would say in your heart of hearts, you know, I'm, I'm not one of the sheep. And I know that. Maybe you've been trying to be your own hope. I mean, that's a good human thing to do. We all, it's kind of like trying to you take your, your phone and charge it in by plugging it back into your phone, right? I'm going to try to be my own hope. But this morning, maybe something is stirring within you. Maybe something is saying, you know, maybe there's more. Maybe there's a hope in this universe that I haven't tapped into yet. I believe Jesus is calling you. Jesus is opening your heart. He's inviting you to come. Come be with me. Find the true source of life and hope. Will you come? Will you say, Jesus, okay, I'm going to step out here and say, I think it's you that's calling me, and I'm all yours. I want to just turn my back on trying to be my own hope, turn my back on going my own way, turn my back on, on my, my sins, and Lord, I, I ask you to come and make your home in me. Let me live with you and for you. I'm all yours. Be my hope. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, sometimes we do just sort of put this shell around us. We think, I've got to handle it all on my own. I've got to be my own source of strength and power and hope. And we realize eventually how we just come to the end of that so quickly. Lord, there's, I believe there, there are some here today who realize right now that they don't belong to you, but they want to. 
but they want a hope outside of themselves that only you can give. And so, Lord, speak to them even now. Let them know that it's you and that you are good. You're the good shepherd. Speak their name. Help them to say, okay, Lord, I'm all yours. If you'll take me, and he will. I know I've disappointed you, Lord, but you're okay with that. You accept me anyway. Thank you. If that's where you are today, if, you're, if that's the desire of your heart, I'm going to ask you to do, make one little indication of faith and just raise your hand right now. Will you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I th I'm so blessed to see people who are saying, Lord, I need, I need what only you could give. So come and make your home in me. Lead me on this journey, this path of following you and walking with you. We pray in your great name. Amen.